0: Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Tuesday, August 29th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Let's dive right in with the weather forecast. Riverside is experiencing a scorcher today with highs soaring up to 105.4 degrees, and the nighttime won't offer much of a chill with lows anticipated at 77.5. In our lineup today, we're exploring the pressing labor shortage in the U.S., particularly as it impacts migrant workers, prompting an urgent call for immigration reform. The heat is also on American Airlines, as they face a record-shattering $4.1 million fine for tarmac delay violations. Rounding off, we look at the revenge travel trend. Delata's CEO tells us why he believes this could create a lasting shift in consumer behavior. So tighten your seatbelts. We're taking off the ground with Alex's news. Stay tuned. We begin this morning with our top story on an issue that has been making headlines across the country, the labor shortage in the United States and its relationship to the challenges facing migrant workers seeking legal work permits. Joining us today is our news reporter, Elias, who has been investigating this complex issue. Elias, could you explain the current situation?
1: Absolutely, Connie. The labor shortage is a pressing issue that's closely linked with the struggles of migrants seeking asylum. They're unable to work due to the lack of proper documentation. The application process for legal work permits is complicated, and legal representation is limited. As NPR reported, Instances like Eddie from Columbia demonstrate how this can take months, making it very difficult for these workers to support themselves and their families.
0: This is indeed concerning. Are there any immediate efforts being carried out to expedite the work authorization for these asylum seekers?
1: We do see some high-profile policymakers, such as New York Governor Kathy Hochul and New York City Mayor Eric Adams, pushing for exactly that. They, along with business leaders, recognize the urgent need to address this labor shortage in industries such as manufacturing, farming, and hospitality. But Congress is somewhat divided on the matter, and we have to underline the backlog of work permit applications at the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. The lack of sufficient staffing within the agency worsens the situation.
0: You mentioned the active role of business leaders. Can you shed more light on their actions?
1: Certainly. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, for example, emphasizes how small businesses feel the pinch amidst these labor shortages. They're advocating for an immigration reform that's favorable for businesses. One such case spotlighted in their report is Mike Zaffaroni, a Florida business owner who struggles to secure enough temporary work visas for his landscaping operation. Remember Connie, the quota for these H-to-B visas hasn't seen any changes since 1990. This only adds to the uncertainties for employers.
0: How are they suggesting we address this problem?
1: Their suggestion is to increase the annual caps on H-2B visa issuance and to expand quotas on other temporary worker programs. They believe this could be part of a broader immigration reform that supports the challenges faced by small businesses and enable growth and competitive advantage.
0: The implications of this issue seem to be quite significant. Where do we go from here, Elias?
1: As these articles have pointed out, Addressing these challenges isn't simply a matter of urgency, but a necessity. We're looking at complexities in the application process, staffing issues at immigration services, and the crucial role of small businesses in the economy. Legal immigration reform seems to be the favored solution, presented both by lawmakers and business leaders. However, we'll have to look at how things unfold in the coming weeks and months.
0: Thank you Elias for this in-depth analysis of such a pressing issue appreciate your
1: efforts my pleasure connie
0: welcome back to the program and continuing with our news rundown let's delve into a notable penalty levied against one of our major airlines our reporter grace has been following this one very closely grace fill us in
2: absolutely connie The news that's making waves in the aviation industry today is the U.S. Department of Transportation, or DOT for short, handing out a hefty fine of $4.1 million to American Airlines. Federal regulators are dubbing this the largest fine for tarmac delay violations ever imposed on an airline. That's quite a statement.
0: The largest tarmac delay fine in history, correct?
2: Correct, Connie. American Airlines found itself on the receiving end of this penalty following an investigation by the DOTS Office of Aviation Consumer Protection. Their probe discovered that between 2018 and 2021, 43 domestic flights were left on the tarmac for remarkably extended periods, departing significantly from rules regarding passenger rights to deplane during such delays. And just how many passengers were
0: inconvenienced by this issue?
2: Over 5,800 passengers were directly affected by these delays, Connie. The majority occurred at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, although additional incidents were reported at Houston, San Antonio, and even Washington, D.C.
0: That's a very large number of people. We often hear about airlines receiving exceptions for such delays. Were any of these incidents on American Airlines an exception to the rules? The
2: DOTS investigation concluded that none of these held up to any exceptions offered by regulation, such as safety or security concerns. To make matters worse, a notable incident involved passengers not being provided with required food and water.
0: And what steps has American Airlines taken to rectify this situation?
2: American Airlines did acknowledge their wrongdoing, and they've committed two efforts aimed at minimizing such delays in the future. They've undertaken some proactive measures, such as employing data analytics tools to better predict and manage severe weather disruptions and reduce airport congestion. These efforts have warranted them a $2.05 million credit, which brings down the overall fine to $4.1 million.
0: The DOT's actions seem to be a part of a bigger picture here.
2: Very true, Connie. The Biden-Harris administration has been actively working towards expanding rights and protections for air travelers. For instance, they're demanding compensation and coverage of expenses for stranded passengers and greater transparency in airline fees. This cautionary tale for American Airlines is part of those broader efforts to hold airlines accountable for their service.
0: And this isn't the first time American Airlines has faced a fine for such an issue, right? You're correct. Cast your mind back just five years to
2: 2016, and you'll find the airline finned $1.6 million for a similar issue. They've since apologized and attributed the delays to unavoidable weather events, emphasizing that they constituted less than 0.001% of its total flights during the investigated period.
0: Multiple sources have been keeping an eye
2: on this news, right, Grace? They certainly have, Connie. The reporting on this story has spanned outlets such as NPR, The New York Times, Reuters, and the Associated Press. Information has also been shared via an official press release from American Airlines, as well as from the U.S. Department of Transportation. Thanks so much for
0: giving us the lowdown on this issue, Grace.
2: Always happy to bring our viewers the full story, Connie.
0: Let's now dive into our third story for today, which revolves around the concept of revenge travel. It seems that the Irish hotel chain, Delata has observed some interesting trends in consumer behavior, which could extend beyond the current pandemic times. To delve more deeply into the topic, we have Ethan, our consumer trends expert, with us. Ethan, what can you tell us about this revenge travel trend?
3: Good to be with you, Connie. So, revenge travel is this idea where consumers, after being cooped up during pandemic lockdowns, are now prioritizing travel and experiences over material purchases. And as you mentioned, Deloitte's CEO believes this behavior could be a possible lasting change in spending habits. This term was actually in use before COVID-19, but the pandemic has seen it spread to a much wider population. Interesting.
0: Has this newfound obsession with travel and experiences over possessions actually resulting in economic benefits for the hospitality sector?
3: In Dalada's case, it has. They've reported a 24% year-on-year increase in first-half adjusted core profit. But it's not just that, they're also seeing a shift in how businesses book travel. Apparently, corporate bookings are for longer durations, but less frequent. This, Connie, is a pretty significant change in guest behavior.
0: On the subject of Delata itself, how is the largest hotel group in Ireland adapting to these shifts?
3: Well, Delata isn't simply observing the trend and sitting back. The company has readied a large sum for investment, around 750 million euros, for expanding its hotel portfolio, with London being identified as the main target. This points to a calculated risk on their part that revenge travel isn't a fleeting phenomenon.
0: That brings us to the implications of this trend. If it proves to be a permanent change in consumer behavior, what could that mean for the retail sector, for instance?
3: That's a great point, Connie. If experiences and travel become the primary targets for consumer spending, retail and other sectors traditionally funded by discretionary spending could indeed see an impact. However, it's worth noting this could also create opportunities for new business models or expansions within the experiential retail sector.
0: Before we conclude, Are there any other factors we should consider in light of this trend?
3: Absolutely. One important thing to remember is that this is all based on the assumption that the tourism industry continues to recover. If further complications arise from COVID-19 or other unexpected events, we could very well see another shift in consumer behavior.
0: Certainly a very dynamic situation. Well, Ethan, I can't thank you enough for this insightful analysis.
3: Always my pleasure, Connie.
0: That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.